Hey, y'all. It's your fan, Black Fluid Poet, coming to you live from my humble abode of, well, barely any books because I'm living on somebody's couch right now. But you know, you know the whole drill, you know. <laughs> How y'all doing tonight? It is, let's see here, 1.58 a.m. in Phoenix, Arizona. And, you know, something that's on my mind, and I know I've talked about it before, is, well, technically it's regrets, but not really regrets. What I want to talk about is apathy. I think I have regrets because I'm very far from an apathetic person. I tend to want to understand why everybody does the things they do, how everybody feels, why they feel the way they do, what happened, etc. I like connecting with other people and I like finding ways to identify with them. And I've just, I've always wanted everybody together. You know, <laughs> I remember um, there was a time, uh, I think I was, I was young, y'all. I was five, six years old, and I didn't understand this whole divorce thing. And, you know, my parents were divorced, and I was at my grandmother's house in Harlem. My mother brought me out there, and my father was there. And uh, I think my birthday was coming up, and the whole family was in the kitchen chit-chatting, doing whatever, you know, doing whatever grown folk do back then. It was the 70s. And uh, I walked in the kitchen to say hi to my grandmother, give her a kiss, you know, give a kiss to my aunts, shake hands with my uncles, you know, before I went in the living room with the other children. And um, I hugged my father and my mother was there. And uh, I said to my grandmother, I said, my birthday's coming up. And she said, what you want for your birthday? And everybody kind of got quiet for a second. I looked around, I said, for mom and dad to be back together. And the whole room went, mm. and I heard people going, child, listen. <laughs> and I can remember uh, my mother saying, why do you want us back together? And I said, you said you love dad. And she said, well, yeah. And I said to my dad, you told me you love mom. He said, yeah. And I said, well, then I don't even know why we're having to talk about this. And my grandmother was like, watch your mouth. you know. <laughs> but it just didn't make sense to me. If you love other people, why wouldn't you want to be connected to them? Right. And if you love love, why wouldn't you love other people? So I guess that's why I'm bringing this up. You know, something that it, it's always gotten under my skin. And I know I've said this in other podcasts because I feel it deep down in the center of my soul. When people say I have no regrets because it's made me who I am today. And my, my response to that in my head, I've never said it out loud, but I'm saying it out loud today. When people say I don't have any regrets because it's made me the person I am today. My response is always, yeah, but what if the person you are today is a narcissistic asshole? Because how do you get through life knowing you've caused other people harm at some point in time? And you just, what, brush it off your shoulders? Like, what is this, a Jay-Z song? I don't think so. Like, do I hold it over my head all day and refuse to allow myself any joy? No. But I have regrets. And I think I could still have become a decent person without harming other people the way that I did. There were some times that I've done some really awful things that were not character-building fucking experiences for me, you know? Uh, it was just moments of my own self-centeredness, my ego, that I already knew wasn't the best route, but at the moment I just didn't care. And it caused harm. And I really hold on to those regrets 
because they keep me from harming more people. You know, I got a person from my past. We were in a serious relationship. And even though it's been years since we've been together, she still goes out of her way to try and hurt me. And I could be angry about it and I could be critical about it and I could tell you all the horrible things she did and who she is and, you know, so on and so forth. But the truth is, I think to myself, I must have hurt her pretty bad for her to still be this angry. I'm not going to... um, brush over it. I'm not going to wave it off as just, oh, she crazy. Nah. Nah, I must have hurt her pretty bad. I must have hurt her really bad for all these years later for her to still be out to get me. And that doesn't feel good. Um, There was this TikTok with Minister Farrakhan and it was about, excuse me while I drink some iced coffee. Mm. And he said, don't Don't rejoice, don't laugh in another person's misery. And it made me think about what's happening with with former President Trump, you know. Farrakhan said, you don't rejoice in someone else's misery because you'll miss the lesson and you'll have to live it yourself because you're not paying attention. Pay attention to how they ended up where they are. Pay attention to the mistakes they made and the consequences they're suffering. Don't laugh at that. Don't enjoy it. Because then you'll have to experience it in order to find that humility. You know what I mean? He didn't say the humility part, but that's what I got out of it. That's my paraphrase, you know. Humility prevents me from basking in Donald Trump's suffrage. You know what I mean? I try to... It's hard to believe, y'all, but Donald Trump was once a boy who didn't want to hurt nobody. He was just once a kid who wanted his mother's hug and his dad's guidance and, you know, wanted to impress a girl and wanted to do good in school. And people failed him miserably. And that's what I think about whenever I meet somebody who's angry or self-centered or egotistical or misogynist, racist. I think about all the people that must have failed them in their life. That's what goes through my head, seriously. Every mistake I've made, the harm I've caused others, I really do reflect on the people that failed me growing up. The lessons I failed to learn. Not even their fault. The lessons I failed to learn, either watching them make the same mistakes or not listening when they told me not to do something or be careful with somebody's heart or... You know, don't take things that don't belong to you. Learn to mind your business. Don't judge. Don't be overly critical. Don't punch down. Yeah. Yeah, especially punching down. It's so easy to make fun of somebody while they're down. You know, I can make a bunch of videos and songs about Donald Trump being in jail. One of them, oh my God, one of them had me in stitches, y'all. I ain't even gonna lie. I, I felt bad afterwards, but there's some guy on, on TikTok that made a song out of uh, Toy Story. And he said, you got a felony. <laughs> and I fell the fuck out. I thought that shit was hilarious. But it was just a good twist on the song. But when I think about 
what's happening to Trump. I just think it's sad. I think it's sad that power corrupted him so, so badly. You know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And he's not the first and he won't be the last. You know, Clinton, Reagan, Bush, you know, almost every president. Hell, I dare to say every president has been corrupted by power. It's a lot. There's a lot going on there. I think my my parents at one time or another were corrupted by whatever power they had over their children, whatever power my father had over women, you know, whatever power my mother's whiteness had over other races, um, whatever power my intelligence had over people not as intelligent as me. I think power corrupts. I think hegemonic forces, I think hegemony, I think... When, when we don't think intersectionally, I think we hurt other people because it's hard to remember and easy to forget that there is a pecking order in this world and not necessarily in every culture, but definitely in American culture. And I have my own set of, my own sets of, of corruptible powers that Sometimes I'm not paying attention to, even in a a, a one-on-one discussion with somebody else, you know, being born male, being male in appearance, um, often being mistaken for somebody either of color or white instead of black, um, being perceived as someone who is, you know, um, a man and not gender fluid. If I don't have on makeup and a long skirt, don't nobody know that shit. Um, And it's easy to walk into a room and I can... I can command a room pretty easily when I, if I dissociate and hide from all these different aspects of my identity, if I don't mention the fact, if, if it's the middle of winter when I'm not dark and I don't mention the fact that, that I'm black or if I'm not wearing makeup or wearing a long skirt, I could walk into a room and be a cishet white male any second during certain months. I have to put emphasis on that, y'all, because if you saw me right now, there'd be no mistaking me. because it is June in Phoenix and my ass is getting blacker every day and I love it Um, but apathy happens to me I can't speak for other people but I know apathy happens for me when I forget you know sometimes it just it slips my mind or I'm feeling overwhelmed by all the real-time information and news. And I don't know about you, y'all, but there have been some days when I have watched the news and it goes from the Israeli government has struck another refugee camp in Palestine or, you know, um, Syrian refugees are are dying due to an invasion or um, another black child unarmed dead you know uh, a black mother shot through a door you know um, mistaken identity uh, sexual assault and and the ongoing story after story after story as I'm flowing through TikTok of some pastor or some police officer with child pornography and I'm talking within a half an hour. I am feeling all the ills in the world. And then you maybe you get to work or maybe you're hanging out with a friend and they say, 
you know, them and their partner just broke up. And, and at that point, I just kind of roll my eyes and I want to change the subject because I've already heard worldwide bad news before I had my second cup of coffee. And I just, I, I don't want to hear anymore. And I want to shut off my empathy. And I want to shut off my understanding. And I'm craving for something pleasurable because I've already started my day off, you know, with all this cortisol going through my body from all this negative information and negative reaction and sadness and, you know, powerlessness that I feel when, you know, when I hear about what's happening in Palestine, I think like, what the hell could I possibly do? Like, you know, I don't see myself ever being able to tap, you know, on the shoulder of the president being like, yo, you got to do something like these Palestinians, they need to have the land. You know what I mean? You got to help them. I, I know we're closer to Israel, but like, this is wrong. Like, it's just wrong. Please. You know, and I could feel the tears well up in my face. Like, how many more fucking signs and songs and, you know, there's still a rebellion and a revolution happening in Iran right now. And we've all just kind of stopped talking about it. Why? Because fuck, what can I do from here? You know, what can I do from this kitchen table in Phoenix, Arizona with a phone and a laptop? You know, besides write another essay and, you know, speak out to my, to my followers and people I'm connected to. And the answer is that. That's what you do. You do what you can. You do what you can. And at the end of the day, make sure you're on the right side of history. You know, I think about book bans and uh, more anti-trans bills. And fuck. And, and like, can we just, can we just not, you know? And then like, this other aspect of apathy is not only do I, do I lack this ability to empathize with someone who's suffering, but then I lack the willingness to do something about wrongs because I feel so overwhelmed. I was at Walmart yesterday and I'm walking past Walmart and this white pickup pulls in with all these flags hooked up to the back of it. One of the flags was the 1776 flag. And I wanted to say something and I wanted to like, who the hell do you think you are? And I wanted to be like, yeah, what the fuck? Like, really? And instead, I just walked. I just kept walking because I was like, fuck, I don't care. Like, I just don't care right now. I don't care right now. You know, and I had on my makeup and he gave me this weird look. And I'm sure like if his window was, wasn't up, he might have even said something. And I thought to myself, you know what? Let me stand here by the entrance and see if this motherfucker got something to say. But then it was like, for what? For what? What's it, what's it going to prove? What's it going to... What, you're going to have an argument with one person? You think you're going to... What, it's going to start a fucking revolution? John, just cut it out, man. Let it go. Just let it go. And, and that's that moment of exhaustion. You know? And then on my way home, it's like, you know, you see people, you know, in the cut, you know, in some corner of a building in some walkway and they're getting high in the corner and... You see some mother and she's pushing a stroller with this kid and it's fucking 103 degrees outside. and You know, her clothes are tattered and, and the stroller looks, you know, beat the fuck up like it's probably your fifth kid or something. And, you know, I wanted to bring him in the Uber and, and help him get home. Because, fuck, I remember my mother struggling and, and the empathy comes and then I'm, it's that powerless feeling again, you know? <laughs> I can't even afford to get glasses. And I think to myself, how am I going to help all these other people? I can't, 
I can't even pay my phone bill. You know what I mean? I had to call T-Mobile today. Like, look, dog. Hey, I, I ain't got it, man. <laughs> I can put five on it. You know what I mean? Like, my I have one of my eyes is, uh, I have a lazy eye. And it's getting worse because I haven't had glasses on in like two years. And I just I just can't afford them. I went to go get glasses. And they were like 300 fucking dollars, dude. And I have like $21 to my name. And I'm probably going to buy cigarettes by morning. And, you know, that's another 12. And, you know, that's my choice. And, and I, you know, that's a cross I bear. I got it. But I damn sure ain't going to be able to afford it. Even the cheapest glasses for me are like $80, $90. I just don't have it right now. I don't have it. And it's going to have to be okay. But the one thing that I have to make sure of, because as a Gen Xer, we tend to have a lot of apathy about our own problems. Let me say that again. At least from my generation, or if you had parents that were really neglectful, I have learned to neglect myself. I have learned to put my problems on the shelf and help other people with theirs. And we like to call it codependency, but the truth is it's just run-of-the-mill neglect. I learned how to neglect myself from those who raised me. That's how I learned how to love and or unlove myself. It's hard to have connection with other people when I have no desire to connect with me. Empathy starts at home and empathy starts in the heart. And empathy starts in my soul. It starts with being concerned about me. I don't mean putting me first all the time. Like that's, that's a whole nother anti-relationship jargon that I just, I don't want to have that debate right now. Put me first. It's all about me. No, that's called narcissism. I do think it's important for me to put myself in my priority list. And if I have needs, those come first. And if I'm neglecting myself, well, hey, it becomes hella easy to neglect other people, news stories, politicians. And you know what? It might even become pleasurable to laugh at somebody else's struggle because for the first time, maybe it's not fucking me who's having the problem. But that's no way to live. I don't want to long for pleasure to such a degree that I'm looking forward to somebody else's pain. Whether I like them or I don't, whether I'm angry at them or I'm not, I don't want to look forward to somebody else hurting. Because then, then I have another regret. Remember to love yourselves today, y'all. No matter what, no matter where, loving yourself has to come first. Have a good day. Hey, y'all. Your fam, Black Fluid Poet. Check it out. If you love this podcast, I want to thank you for favoriting the podcast because it means the world to me. However... The way I can get more advertisers is to have more subscribers. If advertisers um, see that um, I have a lot of subscribers, 
they will be more willing to give me opportunities to advertise for them. So in order for me to get these ads, I need to get to a decent amount of subscribers. So you come here to anchor.fm and you go to support and you can pick 99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99. Please feel free to pick 99 cents. I I, I am overjoyed at anyone who wants to support my dream of getting this podcast taking off. You know what I'm saying? So please just consider it. If I could get a thousand subscribers, I could get out of this poverty thing. You know what I'm saying? Because, yo, the struggle is real. Y'all take care. Hey, y'all. Have you ever heard of Old Gods of Appalachia? Well, if you haven't, you have now. Let me tell you. This is a horror anthology podcast. And it is absolutely amazing. They have characters. They have actors. They have different people doing voiceovers. It is so ridiculously dope. Y'all got to check this out. Um, I'm, I'm like, I'm enthralled. I'm, I, I can't stop listening to it. This shit is crazy. And I got to tell you, all the actors are they're straight they're queer they're black they're of color they're male they're female they're they thems they thems they just this thing is so diverse man and and there's there's actually some poets involved with this that i actually admire so this is a big deal y'all gotta check out old gods of appalachia wherever you listen to your podcasts